everyone, and welcome to tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I am your co-host, Brian Bosworth, as always, with my co-host, Shane P. Hallam. Shane, 350 days, 22 hours, 59 minutes, and 45 seconds away from the 2023 NFL Draft. I, we've already started a little bit of 2023 content, and I'll have a seven-rounder by the end of the month here, but uh, we're still going to wrap up 2022. we still got some things to talk about, some grades to give out, and uh, things that people can find in the archive years later and criticize us for criticizing players that end up being really good or um, loving players that end up really bad. I mean, we should probably self-criticize ourselves, to be honest with you, because I'm, I'm sure we're going to look back at some of these grades in a, <laughs> three years from now like, ooh, super wrong on that one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you are, we're, uh, we still got uh, some of our articles. I think you have one more. I have two more still to come out officially at draftcountdown.com. But if you're listening to this podcast tonight, well, you're going to get those grades ahead of time. Uh, tonight because we're going to go through each each division each team and we're going to give a quick fire grade and kind of you know talk a little bit about each team's draft class quickly and uh, go that and then next week on our which will be our final podcast of the season uh, we're going to we're going to look ahead a little bit to 2023 Shane Uh, you're you're definitely far more uh, ahead of that draft class than I am but uh, we're going to get into that a lot more next week, and then we're going to take a little break uh, over the next uh, month or couple of months. And yeah, then, two or uh, three months. Two or three months, and then we're going to come back at you in August with uh, ready to go for the 2023 college football season and the 2023 NFL season. Uh, I may pop on with a podcast or something over the summer, you know, if, if, the, if it, uh, the mood strikes me. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But uh, let's get into these grades, Shane, and uh, we're going to start with the ASC East. We're going to do this uh, geographically east, south, north, and then west for AFC and NFC. We'll go alphabetically through, and we're going to start, Shane, with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, AFC semifinals last year, lost in overtime to Kansas City, but uh, the Bills, they uh, – didn't have a whole lot of holes to fill, Shane, and uh, they did a decent job, I thought, uh, with this draft class. Yeah, I, I gave them a B. Um, I, I thought it was kind of solid, unspectacular. Like, I, I love the Kyrie Elam pick in the first round. Um, you know, I, James Cook and Terrell Bernard were fine. I, I don't I don't think either one of those are going to be a superstar by any means. Uh, but, you know, I, I thought day three was was pretty solid all around. Had some values. Khalil Shakir. Matariza is the third punter off the board. Luke Tenuta, an offensive tackle um, for Virginia Tech. They drafted him later than I had him. So uh, overall, I think it was solid. I think it was a solid class. I don't think we're going to talk about this class as like the best ever for the Bills, but I think it's pretty good. I actually went A- minus with the Bills, and uh, mostly because of those, uh, er- uh, those early day three picks, I was – much higher uh, on Khalil Shakir. I think he's going to be a very good receiver for Buffalo if given the opportunity and, you know, Matariza, you know, so that's, that's her boy right there. But I did love, I love the Kyrie Elam pick. Um, I thought they overdrafted uh, Cook and Bernard just a little bit, but I think they'll both play. So I was willing to overlook that and I went A minus. Uh, the Miami Dolphins next up alphabetically, Shane, and not a whole lot to work with here. As a matter of fact, they didn't have a pick until pick 102. Now, 
this is where I think me and you are going to differ on your grades because I'm assuming that you're factoring in the player they traded for. I am not. Oh, you're not. Okay, no. good. So then you're much higher on their class. Well, maybe not much higher, but a little higher on their class than I am. Uh, Shane, I went a C here for Miami. Um, I like Channing Tindall. Uh, that was about it for me as far as players that I really liked. I didn't factor in undrafted players in this as well. I went just with the players they drafted. Uh, I Skylar Thompson to me is nothing in the seventh round. Neither is Cameron Good. Eric Edzakanma, uh, you're a little higher on him than me, but even that, I thought that was about a round too high for him. So I went C. Yeah, I, I went B minus, and um, you know, I I think the Channing it's like almost for me, it's like let's let's heavily weight those first two picks because I think Channing Tindall was a good pick. I, if he would have went early second round, I wouldn't have batted an eye. Um, you know, he was drafted at linebacker nine. I had him at linebacker seven. And I think it's been such a big need for the Dolphins. I think they got that thumper in the middle that they really needed. And I do really like Eric as a conma, maybe a little bit overdrafted, but I don't mind that at the end of the fourth round. I actually think he can give some size to a receiving core that needs some size or will in a year. So, you know, it's fine. I, as B minus, I don't think it was nothing was like bad. Like when it gets bad, that's when I moved to the C into the C's. I don't think there's anything here that was bad to me. There was just nothing there that was good to me. So that's why I went C. That's fair. Your students must love you, Shane. And they, uh, they, they, they do for the most part for for that. So because you're, <laughs> you're a. Uh, I thought you'd go hard on some of these grades, but you're uh, – No, no. Look, I like. I don't know if I could ever give an F on a draft grade uh, anymore because you're adding talent, right? It's like – it's got to be really bad, I think. Like, really bad. Like, player I haven't watched in the second round bad. Um, and, and I don't think that happens anymore. I only handed out two Ds, and one of them is the next team coming up here, and that's the New England Patriots – who I went with a D-plus grade here. I had D, added the plus, just because I do like Marcus Jones. I just hope he's healthy enough. If Marcus Jones is healthy enough, I'm gonna look, we're going to look back at this and be like, okay, that was a steal, uh, even in the third round when they got him, if he's healthy, I believe. But uh, Pierre Strong, I think we both like. You like a little bit more and uh, at, at running back in the fourth round. Cole Strange, I mean, he's going to start. He's going to be probably a very good guard for New England, but I can't get past pick 29. And picking Tyquan Thornton in the second round, I had him weighed 175 overall. He goes 50. That's a that's a no go for me. That 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 is that is tough. Um, yeah, I mean, looking at this, they basically overdrafted every player on my board except Pierre Strong. I, I thought was the steal there. And Andrew Stuber with the very last pick. Everyone else, uh, Cole Strange was guard three. They drafted him at guard three, but it was early, like we said. Um, yeah, I mean, Tyquan Thornton uh, to me is all speed. I, I think they're they're going to regret passing on some of those receivers that uh, went later, and people are going to be like, "Oh no, you know, here we go again." Um, I, Marcus Jones, I think, was a good pick there. I think I get it. If if the medical checked out, I understand it. But like Jack Jones and Bailey Zappi and um, not to bash on your game Cox, but even Kevin Harris, uh, Sam Roberts, like, ugh, you know, they just didn't feel like good, good picks that could gain some value. So uh, I went with a C. I think it was fine. I think Pierre Strong, Marcus Jones and Cole Strange will be good. 
Uh, but I, I think that Tyquan Thornton pick, the Jack Jones pick, I mean, if Bailey Zappi even sees the field, it'll be, you know, wild. So, I mean, I like Kevin Harris, but it was just felt like, why did you draft two running backs? And draft the one last year fairly high. Right. You know? So it, that, that, that was the part of it that I didn't like. Uh, we both like the New York Jets. I'll say that. Uh, you go with an – I went with an A-. I'll let you give your grade here. Uh, the only thing to me that kept this from an A was their two fourth-round picks. And because uh, I had Max Mitchell, 223 overall – and Michael Clemens, 209 overall. They go 111 and 117. I was not overly high on either one of those guys. Um, but I love the other – their first five picks, especially what they did in the first round. And I think, you know, that's that's definitely what gets it above the A here. But I docked it a little bit uh, because of the fourth round. Yeah, I mean, I gave him an A. I think it's one of the best drafts in this class. Um, I mean, Sauce and Garrett Wilson, they drafted – corner two receiver two there my top two at that those positions Jermaine Johnson I think they got him super late you know 10 picks after and I love trading up for Brees Hall I, I like Jeremy Ruckert there you know even Max Mitchell and Michael Clemens I, I, I agree with you um, but I think it's a, you know an identity type of deal those, those are tough hard-working players that don't give you know don't have cold streaks don't give up you know full effort 110% guys. So I'm, I'm kind of fine with it. And I think it's going to be, I think Joe Douglas done a really good job with the jets roster. Now let's see if they come together. Really all depends on uh, the step that Zach Wilson takes in year two uh, as to whether the jets come together. I mean, it's, they don't, they're not lying when they say it's a quarterback driven league. And if you don't, if the quarterback's not there, you're not making the run. So We'll see. Uh, let's move on to the NFC East now, Shane. Um, these are the ones that I graded for the site. And uh, so we'll start with you and what uh, your opinion of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I, I give the Dallas Cowboys a B. I think it was solid. You know, Tyler Smith, okay, it's about where he was going to go. I had him a little bit lower in terms of my rankings. Sam Williams, I thought. A little bit overdrafted, even though I like the talent. Uh, I like the Jim Tolbert pick, but like, you know, even the day three picks, um, I think Matt Let's Go is fine and Damone Clark's fine to take a shot on. But, you know, some of the others, I was kind of saying, once again, it wasn't an exciting draft. It's the, this, I don't think it's the class we're going to look back and say, wow, you know, studs all around. Um, I think they took some risks uh, with, with Sam Williams and some of the third day guys. Um, Tyler Smith needs some work. Like it just feels like a draft that's going to take some development and maybe isn't as immediate of help as they need. Yeah, I uh, I think Tyler Smith's going to probably play guard initially is what I'm hearing after the fact um, instead of them supplanting Terrence Steele at right tackle. Uh, Matt, well, let's go. I loved. I mean, I've talked about him a lot. Love that pick in the fifth round. I love the Jalen Talbert pick. I, I'm with you. I think Sam Williams went about a round too high. Uh, maybe he wasn't there because um, I know the Bengals liked him as well uh, from what I read this week, and he may have been one of the players they were considering uh, towards the end of the second round had Williams not come off the board. I went with a B- minus uh, for Dallas. Just 
just because I'm, I'm there are questions. I like some, I like the players. I question how the the they're going to use them. Uh, the only player I don't question how they're going to use is Jalen Tolbert. I think I have a good idea of how he's going to fit in their offense. Uh, let's move on to the New York Giants. Uh, and I think we both had the same opinion while we were doing the live stream. Uh, this started out like gangbusters, Shane, and then uh, kind of ta- tailed off a little bit where this was looking like an A-plus draft after the first two picks and then kind of kind of went off the rails a little bit. I went uh, solid B here uh, with the Giants. Like I said, I loved uh, Thibodeau they, and Evan Neal. That was my number one and three overall players. You're number one and two players. They got it five and seven. Uh, you can't beat that with a stick. Um like I said, this was easily an A draft for me, uh, if not for the Joshua Oswedu and, you know, Cordell Flott picks in the third round. Also, those were big-time reasons. I didn't even mind Wandale Robinson in the second round. Um, but I like Bellinger in the fourth, and I like McFadden in the fifth. But those third-round picks uh, didn't do it for me. Yeah, I, I went A minus. I I mean, I think when you get the top two players on my board at five and seven, like I don't care what else to do. You can you can draft undrafted free agents the rest of the way. It's going to be pretty high for me. I mean, I mean, I at least had Josh Zudu in my top one hundred. Um, Flop was a little bit early for sure, and I thought Wando was a little bit early, but I I understand the fit. And even day, like day three, I kind of like this draft. I think it's a good fit for what this team's doing. Uh, and obviously I was a big Darian Beavers fan to get him in the sixth round. I was like, Oh my gosh, you know um, I guess I was off there in some form or fashion. So a minus, I think, uh, I think it was solid. Like I said, day two, that round three, really. I was like, eh, we'll see. We'll see how those work out. But um, I, I think they address needs and address positions of need and got these in value throughout the draft. Yeah, that's fair. I, uh, let's move on to the Philadelphia Eagles now. I went B-plus on this. I felt like I maybe could have gone a little bit higher, but I, this solely depends. Like, three years from now, we look at this. This is an A draft if Nicobe Dean uh, is healthy and playing at the level that he can play at. I think this ends up being an A draft. I think you're going to get Jason Kelsey's replacement with Cam Jurgens in the second round. I think you're – you know, you're going to get your plugger inside with Jordan Davis. I even like Kyron Johnson as a situational pass rusher off the edge. And they drafted Grant Calcaterra, another guy, they, the health risk. But uh, as a compliment to Dallas Goddard, could uh, put up some decent numbers. Yeah, I give us draft A. I, I'm there. I'm there already. Like, give me, you know, Jordan Davis, just that athleticism at 13 is great. I, I really like Cam Jurgens. Um, so I thought that was a fine pick. Nicobe Dean, I think, will end up being a steal. And, you know, Kyron Johnson, you, you've been super high on. I've kind of bought into him after the senior bowl. And I, I liked Grant Calcaterra a lot. I think is a potential number two tight end in the future. I I really love what they did. And I, you know, I didn't include any of the trades, but to get a pick next year and to get AJ Brown, this is pretty darn good too. Um you know, just in general, uh, I didn't include that. It's still an A to me, so I'm 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 all in on this Eagles draft. I got a feeling you're going to be higher on this next uh, class than me as well. Uh, the Washington Commanders, uh, first years of Commanders, and I gave them a C for Commanders, Shane. No. As uh, I think Jahan Dotson is going to be a fine player, and odds are he's not available for them in the second round. But I had him. 47th overall, which is where their second round pick was. 
Um, I had Fedarian Mathis about a half a round lower. Um, I'm also concerned uh, while he had good production this year, I don't know if he's going to be able to get that all the time. Um, obviously you were higher on Brian Robinson than me. Um, but I've also, I was also a huge fan of Antonio Gibson. So I don't necessarily like the idea of taking the ball away from him. And uh, you were much higher on Percy Butler than I was. I was high on Sam Howell in the fifth round. Um, but, I mean, the odds of a fifth-round quarterback having any sort of impact are very minuscule at this point. So I went C, like I said, but I, I got a feeling you're going to be much higher on this one than me. Yeah, this, this might end up being our biggest differential. I, I went B+. Plus. I, I'm, I'm a fan – of the draft, like like you said, I think John Dotson, Fidarian Mathis, maybe a little early for both of those guys. But I, after the receiver run and seeing the fit with Mathis, like it makes a lot of sense. I think both the picks make sense or are going to fit. I do like Brian Robinson there. I love the compliment. And Percy Butler, I think that was fine value. And, yeah, I mean, Sam Howell kind of knocked it from a B to a B plus to me to get him in the fifth round. I'm interested to see how that development goes. Um and, and I also love, like, Cole Turner, Chris Paul in the seventh. I think he's an athletic, versatile lineman. So I, I really like what Washington did. Not a slam dunk draft, but I think uh, I think there's some real upside here, especially with Hal. Next up is one of the few drafts, Shane, that we uh, both agree with here as we move into the – oh, never mind. Well, we do both agree on this. I will, I'm sorry. I jumped. I had this wrote on my paper wrong. Uh Let's go to the AFC South now, and the Houston Texans are up, and we both end up with uh, B-pluses here, Shane, for the uh, Houston Texans. What did you uh, like about their draft class the most? I, like Derek Stingley, I think it's fine pick at three. Uh, if, if you had said that at the beginning of this process in August when we relaunched, we would have been like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's good. Um, Kenyon Green, maybe a little early. Uh, drafted him as the first guard, second guard. But I really like a lot of what they did, you know, day two, Jalen Petrie, Christian Harris in the third, I thought was a great pick. I love getting Damian Pierce. I think he could be the starting running back there. Get him on day, um, day three. I'm a big Thomas Booker fan. You know, John Mechie's probably the one player I felt like they really overdrafted in this class. Um, so, you know, I knocked him down a little bit for that. I think it'll end up being a good class, but it's not going to be a, a franchise defined similar to Lions last year. It's not going to be franchise defining. We're not going to say, wow, you know, this this changed the whole trajectory of the Texans. But I think these a lot of players are going to contribute. That brings us now to the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, this was one of the most fun draft classes to track as we were on the air. As we started noticing a trend – and because we tracked on our spreadsheet the RAS scores for each player, you know, in this class. And lo and behold, the lowest RAS score drafted by the Colts was sixth round pick tight end Andrew Ogletree from Youngstown State with a 9.1, which means at their position, the worst player they drafted athletically was at the 91st percentile of his position group. Um, they didn't have a first-round pick because of the Carson Wentz trade. That didn't work out. But uh, at least they got rid of them and got some of these extra picks did. on day two, though. And, yeah. Uh, Alec Pierce with their first pick. Um, they needed another wide receiver. 
uh, to pair with Michael Pittman. And I think they've got a guy in Pierce that can do that. Uh, I love Jelani Woods, man. And the best testing tight end of all time uh, at, at pick 73, Bernard Raymond falling all the way to – it had to be because of his age, I assume, is the reason he was still available midway through the third round. Thought that was a great pickup for them at a position of need. Uh, and getting Nick Cross, another just crazy athlete at safety in the third round. And I loved Eric Johnson as well from the seeing him down here at the senior bowl in the fifth round. I just, I love the class. I went A minus because of the, you know, not having the first round pick, but um, I think that's the only negative thing I could look at in this class because my God, what could they have done if they'd had the first round pick? <laughs> uh, we probably could figure out who they would have taken, I guess, <laughs> I guess we could look at it. Um, yeah, I, I went A minus as well. I mean, I think every player is really good and fits really well. Uh, Rodney Thomas, they drafted the end. I, I did not watch, but uh, you know, other than that, I think it was great. Like I said, Raymond, you know, he, he fell way, way further than I expected. I think the minus to me comes from doing this. Like I, I I'm, I'm a little scared. This, cl- this group is too raw, you know, Bernard Raymond and Jelani Boomer bust, and Nick Cross. So, like a lot of these guys are not NFL ready day one, plug them in. Here we go. And to do a whole class like that, I think is scary. There's a lot of upside, but I think that's what kind of knocks it down from an A to an A minus to me. This could be one of those, uh, what do you call test cases? Like we track this class three years from now and see how they do it. Hell, we might be seeing this all the time. Teams are just going to hire Kent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's move on to Jacksonville. You know, we're pretty lockstep here in the AFC South. Now that I look at this, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars here. We both end up with a C uh, for the Jaguars. Uh, neither one of us, I mean, I think we were, we like Trayvon Walker as a prospect. We didn't like Trayvon Walker more than Thibodeau or Hutchinson uh, at the first overall pick. Um, you mentioned the other day, last week's podcast, that you thought third rounder Chad Muma would have the better career than first rounder Devin Lloyd, which I found interesting. Um. But they did trade. They did a lot of trading around, and like for a team that needed a lot of players, they failed on a lot of draft picks. And you know, I, I liked Evan Lloyd and Chad Muma, but like to draft two off-ball linebackers with premium top seventy selections to me is like, like that's the that's the running back of the defense. You know, if there's there's a player, I mean, look at look at your Bengals, Logan Wilson. You know, one of the best linebackers in the NFL. It's not like you had to take him in the first round, right? I think they could have just taken Muma and been fine and, and plugged him in. At, Gotten at, someone else. Right, plug him at in 27. At, at, you know, at that middle linebacker spot. Now Lloyd's going to play that. Muma's going to play more of the kind of safety linebacker hybrid. It's like, uh, you know, I, I don't know if that's a great fit. I think Fortner was overdrafted. Um, and, and, you know, even day three, I like Gregory Jr. I like the upside there, but, um, it, Snoop Connor felt like you're just trying to put James Robinson in for James Robinson until he comes back, you know. And I, I'm just not a big Trayvon Walker number one overall fan, so yeah. I, I see, I call me not a Trent Bulky fan, I guess that's what you can call me. And I, I think history will, will say that uh, I'll probably be right. I think you're probably right here. I mean. Trent Baalke basically screwed the rest of the NFL with his free agent signings by 
driving up the market on certain positions. And now he's just weird drafting all around. Yeah, not a fan of this Jacksonville class, um, to say the least. And that brings us to the Tennessee Titans, um, who traded A.J. Brown in the first round, um, got an extra first-round pick, then moved that pick or that moved their pick uh, to pick up some uh, an extra two and a three, I believe, to pick up a two and an extra three. Uh, but after they traded A.J. Brown, they basically drafted A.J. Brown light uh, with Traylon Burks. Uh, I love the Roger McCreary pick at the top of the second round. Um, Petit Frere picked about where I think we saw him getting picked anyway in, in the mid middle of the third round. And uh, Malik Willis in the uh, late third round there as the potential heir apparent uh, to Ryan Tannehill. Overall, I liked what Tennessee did. I ended up going B-plus here. Uh, liked a couple of their second uh, day three picks as well. Yeah, I went A-minus. I mean, I, I love the Traylon Burks pick. He was my second ranked receiver in this class. Um, Petit Frere, Willis, Son Haskins, uh, Chinga Conquo, Kyle Phillips all were drafted uh, later than where I had them ranked. So I thought they were all good values there. And even Roger McCreary, I get it. You know, I, he's a really good player. So I think it's a good fit. Like I think P Petit Frere could fill in uh, starting a uh, starting tackle as a third round pick and, and maybe not be tremendous, but be pretty good. And to get Malik Willis, when people were talking about him as the number two overall pick in the third, I think that counts for something. I, I think this was a savvy draft for them. Um, obviously trading away A.J. Brown hurts. But I, I think it it could work out financially in the long run. So I like this draft. Now we move on to the NFC South. And I don't know that I like this draft as much when we were doing the broadcast, but as I was doing my write-up uh, for draft countdown, uh the Atlanta Falcons. I went A minus here, and this was an A to an A plus draft for me, if not for the first pick. And not that I don't like Drake London as a player. I just think that with Atlanta's offense or the players they personnel they currently have, I thought Garrett Wilson or even Jamison Williams or a different wide receiver, Chris Olave, would have been a better fit into Atlanta than Drake London. And that was literally the only thing I disliked about uh, this draft class on down to the sixth round. I, I gave an A minus as well. We're we're right in step. Actually, this this division in general, I think I was pretty high on some of these uh, divisions coming up. But um, I thought Arno Abiketti could have been a first round pick. I, I love Troy Anderson. Maybe it was a, a little early, but I, I think that's a good fit. And Desmond Ritter, I think, is a great like this. Th this draft felt very Atlanta Falcons. And even Drake London, uh, I, I get it because he's just so different from the other receivers that you're probably not going to find that type of player. And if he had been healthy and worked out and those workout numbers were good, we, we maybe wouldn't question, maybe, uh, not we wouldn't question the pick. So, you know, I guess I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. And, you, you know, I'm a Tyler Algier fan round five. I mean, he, he might be starting for this team by the end of the year at running back. And I mean, so, he's definitely at the very worst run, RB2 probably. Yeah, it's like they cut on Mike that, Davis. That so. team. And, I do, and I do like D'Angelo Malone yeah. as well. Uh, in the uh, late in the mid third round, like I said, the only pick that I didn't have ranked at all was Georgia tight end John Fitzpatrick. Uh, I know what he is though, yeah. and I know why he was drafted. So, 
Um, yeah, so I, I, I like that. It's going to be blocking. Going to be blocking. Yeah, that's it. I mean, he's basically <laughs> an extra offensive tackle. No more, no less. Uh, the Carolina Panthers uh, only had six draft picks uh, in this class, thanks to the nice Sam Darnold trade that's really worked out for them. And uh, But at the top, they get Ike Mekwanu. They end up trading back into the third round because they didn't have a third round pick, a second or third round pick because of the – Darnold trade into C.J. Richardson, is that right? C.J. Uh, C.J. Whatever the Gardner, no, yeah, whatever the corner is, it plays. Tra- yeah, yeah, it's Chauncey Gardner. Anyway, the corner from Florida that played for Jacksonville, yeah. they traded the third round pick for. Anyway, they uh, trade back in the third, get Matt Corral. Um, I know you were super high on Corral. I think he was was he your quarterback? QB quarterback one, one yeah. QB one to get in the late third round. Uh, Brandon Smith, a super athletic uh, linebacker, get him at right about where we both had him ranked uh, at 120. I had him 122. You had him 121. Uh, Amari Barno, a quick first step edge rusher uh, in the in the sixth round, and Cade Mays, not great, but for what he can be, a reserve offensive lineman that can back up multiple positions, a good draft pick, and then you get the fastest player at the combine, Caitlin Barnes, in the seventh round. I went. B minus here just because of the lack of picks. Uh, but I feel like this could actually be a decent draft class for Carolina. Like I, I'm going a, I'm going wow. a for this draft. Well, I, I like, I don't think there's a pick. I dislike. I mean, I can make one of it six. Yeah, I, I get it. Like I had a Neil hire, but I mean, I, I love getting crowd there. Like you said, Brandon Smith, I think right on par. Um, Barno, I thought was an absolute steal at 189 in the sixth round. I mean, the, the, you know, you could use him and basically as they had Hassan Reddick. And then Colin Barnes and Kate Bays, I, I, I like higher. Like, I like the attitude. This is an attitude draft. You got two ass kicking offensive linemen. You got some fast athletes in that front seven in that corner. And I, I think Matt Corral is, is going to find his way into a starting role. Um, I try to fight against it, but, you know, I'm, I'm going A. I'm doing it. The New Orleans Saints are up next, and the future will decide or, or will tell us if this was worked out for them because they gave up their 2023 first-round pick to get a second first-round pick this year, and they moved up with that pick. <laughs> uh, gave up their third-round pick this year to move up in the first round to draft, to draft Chris Olave, the uh, speedy uh, wide receiver from Ohio State. Then they get Trevor Penning. Uh, a guy we both love. We both had the 11th overall player. They get him at 19. Uh, and then Alante Taylor, very versatile defensive back. They draft in the second round, maybe a little high. Um, I also like DeMarco Jackson. I like Jordan Jackson, the uh, defensive tackle they drafted in the sixth round. Only five picks for the Saints. I went B here for the Saints. But uh, I can see where it may come in lower for others. Yeah, I, I mean, this is my only – non a grade a or a minus uh i I wouldn't be as well because i like the trevor penning pick i thought that was good value chris alave i get it with how the receivers were going off the board i I wouldn't have moved up to 11 to take him i like alante taylor i agree with you i think it's a little early i i like demarco jackson jordan jackson fine it's fine it's a fine draft but i I don't think we're gonna look back and i don't think we're gonna feel good in a year when new orleans doesn't have a pick in 2023, I'll say that. Philadelphia is hoping that it works out. 
I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that that how the Saints finish 2022 will decide the 2022 season will decide uh, how good their uh, 2022 draft uh, grade was because you gave up that 2023 first round pick. And if you're a bad team, that's going to reflect poorly upon this. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers came in, uh, got Brady back for probably at least a year. Now that he's fixing to cash them fat Fox <laughs> checks. Surprised he didn't re-retire if we're going to be honest. Uh, I, th- I think he'll be just fine to wait a year for that. Um, but <laughs> I would not, but anyway, um, they trade out of the first round and, uh, come, uh, top of this, they traded at what Jacksonville as a matter of fact. So they had Jacksonville's pick at the first pick of the second round and get Logan Hall, a guy I think we thought could have went into the first round, wouldn't have been surprised, uh, gives them that position versatility on the defensive front. Uh, Luke Gattake, another position versatile, uh, player on the offensive line in the second round, Rashad White. We we both thought was the best pass catching running back in this class. Tom Brady probably going to love that guy this year. K. Dotton, if not for the injury, probably gets drafted higher than the fourth round. Mm-hmm. And they get a punter. They go the did they draft the no they drafted the second punter. Second, yeah. Uh, Jake Camarda and Zion McCollum, freak athlete corner to get in the fifth round, one fifty seven. And uh, then they drafted a couple other players I didn't have ranked, including another blocking tight end. Uh, that went here, Cole Kieft from Minnesota. Cole Kieft. Well, he has been mentioned on the podcast. He has been mentioned that's, on the podcast. That he does have that going for him. I went B plus here for Tampa Bay. Yeah, I, I went A minus. I think I'm right with you. Like, uh, I think Logan Hall, great pick. Uh, Got okay, I see the fit. Uh, maybe a little early for me, but like Rashad White, I think that's a slam dunk. Um, I think Kate Otten could be the starting tight end in, in a year. Uh, I think he's going to be better than Cameron Brait, and I love Zion McCollum in the fifth. So I think it was a solid draft. You know, not having the first-round pick, I think, just hurts looking at it as a whole. Um, but I think this draft it puts puts them up in the driver's seat for the NFC. I think they're right up there this year. Let's move on to the division closest to our hearts, the AFC North, and uh, probably one of the best drafts this year, if not the best draft. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens. A for me, um, for sure. Kyle Hamilton and Tyler Linderbaum in the first round, no brainers. Uh, if David Ajabo comes back healthy, that's a steal. Travis Jones to me, a steal in the third round. Um, I mean, even getting Falele and Charlie Kohler and Isaiah Likely when they did all in the fourth round, you know, good value there for me. Um, I mean, that is – I guess the only question I had about this draft was the double up of tight ends, really, and maybe overdrafting Jalen Armour Davis. That, But that's the only thing that gets this from A-plus for me. A, 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 an A for the Ralston Ravens. Yeah, yeah. Well, it came out today here in Pittsburgh. Uh, the Steelers sniped the Ravens at pick 139, taking Calvin Austin, and they panicked, took Isaiah Likely, so – Maybe that's why. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Uh, I don't know. Um, but that would have made this draft even better if they would have taken Marquise Brown's replacement. Like that personally. is contrasting styles of players. I mean, <laughs> true, fair, very fair. I but, mean, I, could you not just come back with Khalil Shakir at that point? They probably went to the big board, and who was next was I guess so. And know. when you got six fourth round picks, yeah, you can do what you want. 
to right. be honest. If, I would have maybe, maybe held off on the punter for nine picks, but that's maybe. Uh, but, I mean, if, 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 if three of those fourth-round picks hit, no. this is an A-plus draft. Yeah, I mean, it's an A draft for me. Like, I understand the criticism. These aren't premier positions. They're not getting receivers and corners and, you know, uh, the pat, you know, pass rushers, like, that can play this year. Uh, but I think this is a team that doesn't need that, that they can have a great run game with what they have, rebuild the defense, build the interior line, build the, the tight end pass catchers. Yeah, I, I think it was great. It's an A a for me, and I think even Hamilton and Linderbaum are going to play for a long time in the NFL, even if they're not, not you know, superstars. I think they're going to stick around for a while. So That brings us now to the should-be Super Bowl champion Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> here. And uh, surprise me, Shane, when uh, I put the pen to paper here and you come up with a higher grade on the Bengals than I did. Oh, really? Well, yeah, I'm interested to hear your thoughts because I think I know what knocked it for you. But There were two picks here that knocked it the more I I dug into it. Um, I went with – I I went B. I didn't, you know, scold them too much. (laughs) I love Daxon Hill in the first round uh, because of his versatility. I I like Cam Taylor Britt as well. Uh, in the second. To me, the two picks that kind of bring it down just a little bit for me are, while I like Zach, I like the value of Zachary Carter in the third round, I like the value of Perrion Winfrey more at that spot. And he him still being on the board uh, there, I believe. Let me, let me make sure I'm not talking sideways. Yes, he here. was. He was. He went okay. day three. So Okay, good, good, good. So, um. And then the fourth round pick, Cordell Volson, I spoke about at length uh, while we were on live that I did not – I thought that was a big reach there in round four. There were other guards available. If you're going to pick a guard, I would have much preferred Jamari Salyer, who was on the board at that point, or, excuse me, a handful of others. I love the Tyson Anderson pick, and they even tra- – and I love the fact that the Bengals traded up, not once but twice, twice wow. in this draft. Unheard of. Cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. Uh, Cincinnati trading up twice in the draft. And Jeffrey Gunter in the uh, seventh round, you can't go wrong throwing a dart at a 97 percentile edge rusher who was very productive at Coastal Carolina. So I went B here, uh, Shane. You went B plus. Um, You were a bit more lenient than I was. Yeah, I I like the Zach Carter pick. I mean, I I think – I think Zach Carter, I think he plays the run much better than Perry and Winfrey. You know, as much as I liked Winfrey, and we'll talk about that in a second, um, a little more for that pass rush ability. I think Carter's a good fit. But, yeah, I mean, Volson's the most egregious pick. It's a fourth rounder uh, <laughs> and probably another offensive lineman that Bengals draft that don't doesn't work out. But I, I, I love the second – I love attacking the secondary, the big week. They spent the money in offensive line free agency – Attacking the secondary of the draft. I love the way they attack this draft. And to me, that gets to the B plus. I agree. Like I said, I love the pick. I like I like the Zach Carter pick, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I had him as my number 75 overall player. I just had Perry Winfrey like in the 30s. So <laughs> I and if I'm not mistaken, was Travis or was he Travis Jones already? He was gone? he was gone. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was 76. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so that brings us to the Cleveland Browns here, uh, who had no picks uh, in. They traded out of the second round to pick up some additional uh, picks, and that might have actually worked out for them in the long run. Here, the trade down 
uh, out of the second. They get Martin Emerson. Um, I was a bit lower on him than you were. I might have been a bit late to the table on him, to be honest. But uh, I think he's going to be a solid player for Cleveland. Alex Wright, another uh, thing could be a position versatile defensive lineman. We talked about Perry and Winfrey a while ago. I absolutely love this pick for the Browns in the fourth round, pick 108, uh, to get that kind of pass rush. I mean, that could be some Geno Atkins-ish pass rush uh, coming from Perry and Winfrey if if properly. David Bell drops to pick 99 purely based on his workout numbers. Production-wise and his ability to make plays in the Big Ten, this is a he's much better than a 99th overall player. They draft the only kicker. That was was that the only kicker drafted? Uh, I believe so. I believe so. Uh, Jerome Ford, I think, in the fifth round was a good pick. Um, And then the other Oklahoma uh, edge rusher, Isaiah Thomas, is another one I liked in the seventh round. I thought that was really good value, as well as Dawson Deaton, center of Texas Tech, in the seventh round. Good value to me. I went B plus for the Browns. Yeah, I went B. Like I'm with you. I like some of these. But I love Winfrey. I like Bell there. I like Martin Emerson. I'm. I think I'm not as big an Alex Wright fan. Like I, I just I don't know where he fits in with this defense because you're not playing with D line. I don't know if you're standing him up and using him as a pass rusher. Like how is he going to kind of fit in? Uh, I think Cade York was fine in the fourth. That's probably where he was going to go. Uh, you know, I hate to like knock day three picks, but it's like a, another running back. Um, we'll see. I, Jerome Ford could ascend in a year to be the backup. Like Mike Woods, I don't know why I drafted him. Um, you know, I like the Isaiah Thomas pick too. Like it was fine, but it, it, it feels like a draft of a team that like is a contender that feels like they're going to, you know, kind of cruise here. Right. You know, trading down from that second rounder. Hey, we don't, we don't need a starter when I think they had a lot more holes than they thought. So like Perry and Winfrey better be really good. Like he's going to have to, he might have to start for this team. And I think that's a problem. When it's your fourth round pick. Yeah. Let's move on to your team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Kenny Pickett. I mean, this whole draft class is, is Kenny Pickett. It does. It, it literally does not matter. Anybody else we're going to talk about. If Kenny Pickett is not their quarterback of the future, then this draft is a failure, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. But uh, George Pickens in the second round feels like a Pittsburgh receiver, right? Feels like the guy they always get in the second round ends up being a star. Or Tavis Bryant, Chase Claypool, the the, the off-field concerns, you know, effort concerned guys, they always draft. Um, who was the big guy from Texas? Lima Swede, that was that one. That, that one did that not work one. out. That one didn't work out. <laughs> I, I think we both uh, like the pick of DeMarvin Leal uh, in the third round. Um, I think we both like the pick of Calvin Austin in the fourth round. Uh, I think you like the pick of Connor Hayward more than me just because of the story it gives people to tell. Now the Steelers have like four sets of brothers on their team. Well, um, one of them's probably getting cut so that Connor Hayward can make the team, but that's right. <laughs> Sorry, Derek Watt. Uh, I don't know anything about Mark Robinson. He was the – I didn't even have him on our spreadsheet. Uh, you did watch him, though, at least. And uh, I'm going to date myself here, Shane, but uh, did they draft the Gus Ferrat to Kenny Pickett's Heath Shuler here in the seventh round with uh, Chris Oladokun uh, from South Dakota State, formerly of USF? Uh, they did not, so, so it's all good. Um, like I said, I think they drafted Lamar Jackson on the scout team. You know, all the Duke is going to be a practice squad guy. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think day two was a slam dunk. I think it was one of the best day twos in the draft. And I'm interested to see how Leal and Calvin Austin fit in the offense. Um, that's going to be key. But I'm, I'm just not a big Kenny Pickett fan. Like, I, I didn't have him rated as a first-round pick. I Do I think it's a great situation and a good fit? I do. Like, if there's somewhere Kenny Pickett's going to work out, it's going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, but I, I think that's – you know, that, that's why it gets a B for me instead of, uh, you know, something higher um, ultimately. I went B minus here um, because of like, Kenny, I don't like any of the quarterbacks. I mean, we've been through this. I didn't like any of them. Kenny Pickett was my highest rated quarterback for what it's worth. So, um, but the, Effort concerns that were talked about, but with Pickens and Leal, you have to think Pittsburgh can get it out of them. Um, if not, that doesn't help this draft class. Do love Calvin Austin, though, uh, at 138. I gave it a B minus. So, not too terribly bad. Um, let's move on to the NFC North now and the Chicago Bears. The Bears, uh, another team that with no first-round pick, but I thought they did a good job early, And um, but could have done a little better maybe. I, I don't know. They, they waited a little while to get a weapon for Justin Fields. I do love Vellis Jones, but was he the best guy to help bring out anything from Fields? I don't know. Uh, but they get a couple of really good players in the secondary, Coward Gordon, Jaquan Brisker. Uh, Fifth-round pick, they get an offensive tackle, Braxton Jones. I know you're really high on. Uh, I love the upside of Dominic Robinson, the edge rusher. Um, but after that, it kind of empties out. And they had a lot of just weird trades on day three, right? They just kept accumulating sixth and seventh-round picks. And outside of Jatire Carter, I didn't really think they got anything of note there with all those day late day three picks. I went B minus here for the Bears. Oh, I, I actually like this quite a bit. I went A minus because um, I, I think Gordon and Brisker is such a good tandem for a weakness. I mean, Velas Jones maybe a little overdrafted to me, but I you know I get it. Uh, I thought Braxton Jones was a steal. I thought Dominic Robinson could be a steal. I think Zach Thomas could be a steal. And I, I like Carter. I like Doug Kramer um, a decent amount, too. I think Tristan Ebner is, you know, basically the last Tariq Cohen. Here you go. Um, this is a team that need a lot of depth, and they drafted a lot of that depth. I would have liked offensive line more. You know, I, I think it, it just, like, doesn't feel great just because they didn't have that first-round pick because of the Justin Fields trade. But I, I feel like looking at this draft by itself, I, I think it's a really good draft. Brings us now to the Detroit Lions, and I think this draft hinges on one player, and it's Jamison Williams. You trade up from 32 to 12 to draft a player who may not be able to play the majority of the 2022 season. Um, while I, I love Jamison Williams as a player, and I think I just don't know if Detroit, well, you know, maybe in, in hindsight, Detroit is the team that could most afford that because they're going to be bad anyway. So, <laughs> I mean, maybe it doesn't matter if they have to redshirt Jamison Williams. Uh, I, Aiden Hutchinson, probably one of the safer draft picks you could make at pick two. I do love that the NFL got pissed off because they ran the card up like basically as soon as Jacksonville picked Trayvon <laughs> Walker. They already turned the card in. The NFL got mad. I thought that was funny. I didn't mind the pick of Jock, 
Josh Paschal in uh, round two. I thought it was a little high, but I think it can give them a pair of bookend edge rushers that they needed. Uh, Kirby Joseph's a ball hawking safety there. Uh, and James Mitchell's another guy that if he can um, stay healthy, could be a solid number two to TJ Hawkinson. And Malcolm Rodriguez is this fun, fun player to watch on tape, the linebacker from Oklahoma State. I went B-plus here for the Detroit Lions. I, I went A-minus, and kind of like the Bengals, I like how the Lions are attacked this draft, right? Last year, offensive line, defensive tackle, build the trenches, and this is like pass rusher, pass rusher. You know, Pascal and Hutchinson, I think, could be star- starting bookends uh, on that pass rush front for them. Um and like the Jameson Williams pick is probably knocks it down to a minus for me because uh, I wasn't as high on him. I do think he's going to get into camp. I, I you know, I, I think he'll play most of the season. Um, and the trade was so cheap. I mean, it, it looks like you had to do it. You know, this is a yeah. playmaker. You almost had to do it. So I, I kind of give him some props for that. I think even picking him at 12 and I love Kirby Joseph. I think James Mitchell's going to be a sneaky, the sneaky pick of this draft. I think he's going to really have a good, NFL career if uh, all goes well. So a, a minus for me. I, I like this Lions draft. If, if they get if they get a top pick and get a quarterback next year, um, you know, and they have two first round picks to move up if they need to, watch out for the Lions, man. That offense is going to be good. This this trade was one of the weirder ones I've ever seen because it almost felt like they fleeced Minnesota with this trade. You move up twenty spots in the first round with a division rival, no less, and only basically gave up uh, a high third-round pick. That was it. They gave up no 2023 picks, and they did a pick swap in the second round. It's just – it blew my mind that they were – that they could pull that trade off uh, in this draft. And also, let's, let's make note, because we did during our live coverage of the draft, that no team that had multiple first-round picks next year traded one of those picks, nor did they draft a quarterback. At any point in the draft. At any point in the draft. <laughs> so, food for thought. Yeah. there. Uh, so, yeah, B-plus for me, A-minus for you on Detroit. Now let's talk about Green Bay. Um, people crucified them for not drafting a receiver in the first round, but they didn't miss out on any wide receivers by the point that they – had come up to their pick in the first round. No wide receivers went after 18 in the first round, and they traded up in the second round to draft draft countdown favorite Christian Watson, uh, who I think is a uh, dark horse rookie of the year candidate and one I may, may throw a little money on. <laughs> Just may. Um, I guess my lower grade here – solely hinges on where I had Quay Walker ranked on my board as opposed to where he was drafted. He went a full 44 spots ahead of where I had him ranked, and that brought my grade for Green Bay down to a B plus. I like the selections of uh, Romeo Dubs. I love the selections of Zach Tom and Kingsley and Igbari on day three. Uh, I went, like I said, B plus here for Green Bay. This is an A all day, if not for uh, Quay Walker's and my, my perceived overdrafting of him. And I'm still holding on to that Rasheed Walker seventh-round pick, man. Rasheed Walker, maybe, maybe could finally get there. And he was by, like, offensive tackle one coming into uh, the relaunch. Uh, I gave an A-. minus. I mean, I, I think you got 
two Georgia front seven guys that are going to be good that fit really well. The trade for Christian Watson, the trade up maybe was a little expensive. Um, I think it's where Minnesota maybe got back what they, you know, put in. But um, I love Christian Watson. I think if he can gain in Rogers trust, he's in. But yeah, Sean Ryan, I thought that was a great pick. Zach Tom, you know, rebuilt that offensive line. Um, Dobbs fits as that MVS kind of deep threat. So yeah, I give an A minus. I mean, I, I think I think this is a really solid draft, and I think the Packers, if they get some contributions, have a shot to uh, to contend with the Bucks. But, yeah. I mean, two of they had four seventh round picks, and I think two of them are going to be special teams, like super special teams contributors as well this year. Samori Torre and uh, Tariq Carpenter, I think, have a chance to make a big impact there. And Rasheed Walker, the other, one of their other seventh round picks, the talent is certainly there. To where he could he could get some playing time at some point if he puts it together, so yeah, um, like I said B plus for me, A minus for you on Green Bay, and that brings us to Minnesota here, um, who we've talked about here on the subject of the trade downs. Um, I, I like the Lewisine pick at the top. Um, I thought it was good value, Andrew Booth in the middle of the second round. I like the Ed Ingram pick. Maybe a little high for Ed Ingram, but I liked it. Uh, Asamoah in the third round, I was – I can tell you I was probably way too low on him at 154 overall. Uh, I thought a Caleb Evans was solid at the senior bowl, and I like Ty Chandler as a potential reserve running back. Um, and needlessly, can't talk about – not talk about the elite Nick News. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting. I was waiting. In the seventh for round. Uh, B-minus uh, for Minnesota here. The trades confused me and did not uh, – help my line of thinking on their grade. Yeah, I wouldn't be minus as well. I'm I mean, my only thought is that Lewisine was who they wanted. And, you know, might as well move down and take what you can get and pick them, right? Instead of picking them where at 12 just to take them. Um, that he was the number one safety and that's what they wanted. I, I mean, but Andrew Booth kind of makes up for it, right? I think if you had kind of swapped things around and they had taken Andrew Booth at 12 and not made the deal and, you know, scene fell. And it, you know, like, I feel like we could pose this draft another way and feel better about it. Um, but, I mean, Asamoa, I do think was a little bit high. is a good fit. And I thought that almost all the day three picks were a little bit high to me. Um, I don't know. It, it just feels – it's fine. It's a fine draft. But, like, I feel like Minnesota needs something else, something more um, than this. So, I wouldn't be minus. But, it, you know, it's not a bad base for a new staff and a new GM. We'll see what happens from here. Let's move on out west now and go to the AFC. We'll start with the Denver Broncos, who uh, should be under new ownership soon, it sounds like, where they're going to fetch $5 billion, Shane. Or, or, uh, is draft countdown getting in on that or or – no, uh, maybe next year. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe next time, we'll, next team. We'll, we'll take that. We're going to take that under advisement. We're going to yeah. expand it. We'll see, see what our portfolio allows. <laughs> uh, Denver doesn't have a didn't have a first round pick because of the Russell Wilson trade. Um, they don't pick until pick sixty four, which is the pick they got from the Rams, I believe, for yep. Von Miller, um, and they essentially. Did they replace Von Miller here with pick 64 and Nick Benito? Yeah, I miss. That's one way to do it, right? <laughs> uh, did they replace Noah Fant with Greg Dulcich, who they traded to Seattle in the Russell Wilson trade? We'll see. They got a super athlete in Damari Mathis. Can he cover? I don't know. <laughs> um, 
some of these other players, I, I wasn't much on anything beyond Uwazurike, uh on day three there. The rest of them I did not have ranked on my top 300 board. I went C-plus here for the Broncos. I thought the picks of Benito and Dulcich were enough to get that C-plus grade, but the rest of the draft was, uh, shall we say, uninspiring. Yeah, I went with a solid B because I'm with you. Like, I actually kind of like what they did. And as you said, trade for Russell Wilson and basically the guys that you lost to get picks and Von Miller and, uh, you know, and no offense, you just replace them and then take some day three upside. I think Damari Mathis is going to be good. Um, I, I like Wazarike and I like the Matt Henningsen, you know, Fayon Hicks, the Wisconsin duo that are, are pretty athletic on film. I think those two players could maybe make the team as well. So I think it's a solid draft. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, the first three picks were great. And outside of that, it was just okay. Solid B class. I think we both really enjoyed the Kansas City Chiefs draft. Yeah. Um, for a team that uh, lost in the AFC Championship game, not a whole lot of holes on their team. Um, they attacked the draft and did it well. Um, Trent McDuffie uh, and George Carl Aftis in the first round. I think those are going to be two high impact players for them as rookies. Uh, Sky Moore, um, you're replacing Tyreek Hill. You add in Sky Moore. While he's not the speed demon that that Hill was, I think you're going to get a lot. Of, he's going to put up some numbers. I think as a rookie. Uh, I thought Brian Cook was a little overdrafted in the second round. I thought I had him as a late third round grade. Uh, but they made up for that by coming back with Leo Chanel, the linebacker from Wisconsin, getting him at pick 103. I had him at 67 overall. Then I like the picks of Joshua Williams and Darian Kennard and Jalen Watson on day three as well. Uh, I went A minus here for Kansas City. I went A minus as well. I mean, McDuffie, I wasn't as big a fan of, but a 21. Great, and I like Karloftis there. Like you said, I think Sky Moore, like Brian Cook fits. He fits the rotational safety they want. Um, I'm, I'm really interested to see how they use Leo Chanel because they don't really have a spot at linebacker to play him. So I want to see how they use him. But uh, Darren Kennard could end up being one of the better picks of their class because um, they, they just do a good job of taking these linemen, uh, these offensive linemen we saw that last year that maybe don't look like they're – you know, the ideal offensive lineman that can play. Uh, I think it's a good draft as a whole. Like, I think this is reinforcements. And if, especially if Sky Moore can work out, I mean, I, I think uh, the Chiefs are going to still be pretty darn good. That takes us to the Las Vegas Raiders, who had no first or second round pick, thanks to acquiring Devontae Adams from Green Bay. Um, their first pick, they take Dylan Parham, versatile. Uh, Interior offensive lineman, can play guard, can play center, has played offensive tackle at Memphis as well. Uh, Zamir White, uh, pretty good get there in the fourth round to uh, back up Josh Jacobs. Uh, Neil Farrell, work ethic questions in my opinion. We'll see how he works out. They basically took two of the same guy back-to-back uh, -back picks there. So if one works out, great. You know, the other one doesn't, who cares? You know, you took two bites at the apple. Thayer Munford in the seventh round, I like his position versatility, and maybe he's humbled now and <clears throat> will come in and work a little bit. Uh, Britton Brown, 
wasn't even the best running back on his team at UCLA. So uh, I went B minus here for the Raiders. Oh, so I went A minus. I I think this draft is underrated for the Raiders. Like their their first five picks, first five out of six, outside Britton Brown, all values on my board in terms of where they took the position versus where I had them ranked. So I had all those players ranked higher at their position. Um, and I loved, I just love, like I said, like the Lions last year, I love attacking the trenches. Let's get two big nose tackle, run stuffing, defensive linemen. Let's get two guards that, um, you know, have some versatility and, you know, let's see what happens. And then Zamir White, uh, I think was a good pick there. So I think it's a solid draft for a team, you know, trading for Devontae Adams I think it's a solid draft for the picks that they had. I actually really like it. Adam, going back to our KC uh, talk there, likes that blitz potential for uh, Chanel at Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested to see if they use him as a you know a strong side backer. It'd be really interesting. Let's wrap up the uh, AFC West here with the Los Angeles Chargers. And uh, a team that was so close to making the playoffs last year, like really, really close, uh, but did not get in there. But uh, I can't like their first pick enough. Zion Johnson, I love it. Uh, instant starter and upgrade there for the Chargers. Uh, JT Woods, I think, is a very rangy safety. Uh, they got in the third round. Uh, great value there in the fourth round with Isaiah Spiller. And I'm, I'm anxious to hear your take on that, how he, especially maybe from a fantasy perspective, how that does with uh, how that impacts Eckler and all that there. Uh, I think Agbanya in the fifth round was good value as well as Jamari Salyer for real good, great value in the sixth round, uh, the rest of their picks, so on and so forth. But uh, I went B plus here for the Chargers. Uh, love the pick of Zion Johnson. Love the pick of Spiller in the fourth round. Yeah, I, I went A minus, kind of similar to you. I mean, I love Zion Johnson there. I, I think Spiller is going to win that backup job to Austin Eckler, maybe give them a short yardage back they could use. I have not been getting him in my rookie drafts, and I'm upset about it because people, people are drafting him very high. But, like, man, I mean, I know he's a fourth round pick, but I think he could do really well. Um, and I, I love. Uh, uh, Ogbenian Salyer, I think those are great picks as well. So I think it's a really, this is a really good draft for the need. They hit their needs and got impact players like JT Woods. I'm not as high on, um, but Hey, you know, I, I can deal with that in a late third safety. That was a need. So I, I like that draft. Uh, you mentioned short yardage back any chance that their seventh round pick Xander Horvath from uh, Purdue gets in on action. I mean, I think he could be a f the fullback for them. I think that's probably what they're looking for, get a little, like, fullback H-back type um, with him. So, I don't know if he'll get on the field. They didn't really use it that much last year, but maybe it'll start now. Maybe. Uh, peculiar, perhaps, is the way to talk about our next team here in the NFC West, and that's the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, acquire Hollywood Brown for their first-round pick. Um, that's questionable to me on the surface. Um, I, I assume you're replacing Christian Kirk with Hollywood Brown. I, I don't know. Okay. Uh, Zach Ertz there. You draft Trey McBride here in the second round. I love Trey McBride. I think he's going to be a great player. Um, I, I don't know about that one either as far as fit-wise. Um, only one ball you got to throw – 
and a couple of edge rushers I did like their third round picks there, uh, Cameron Thomas and Maje Sanders. That's what brought this grade up actually to a B for me. And getting Jesse Lakita, the other another edge rusher in the seventh round, that actually brought this up to a B. So I thought they could they needed some pass rush off the edge, and I, I like those three players that can maybe give it to them. But the rest of it, I, 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 not so much. Yeah, I, I gave it a B as well. I mean, I I, I don't mind the the Hollywood Brown trade. It was a little surprising, but um, you know DeAndre Hopkins suspended. I'm sure they probably knew that was coming, and uh, they, they do like having those weapons. I just don't know if this makes their team that much better. Like you said, I like the pass rush. I think Trey McBride is they they wanted to move more to to two tight ends. You know, Max Williams did well there. Um, and I think we see McBride in, in a little bit uh, kind of come to fruition. I like Keontae Ingram. I like that pick. I like the guards they took, like to Smith and Marquise Hayes. Like, I, I like some of the later stuff, but it just feels like a, kind of a blah draft. I agree with you. I think it'll be good, but is it good enough to put him over the top? I'm not sure. I'll tell you a draft I didn't like, and this was the lowest draft grade I handed out. The Los Angeles Rams. Not that I'm vengeful. Not that I'm being spiteful. I, I was going to say, I feel like there might be some personal bias. In There's them. no personal biases here at all. Uh, I gave the Rams a D. They didn't have a pick until 104. And with pick 104, now we had way different grades here. I had 252 overall, Logan Bruss. You were 113. Um, so that is a big difference between me and you on that and how this grade's going to come out. Uh, Jacoby Durant, Durant, I was at 273. They pick him at 142. Kyron Williams, I was at 212. They get it, one, you know, and so on and so forth. After that, I thought the best pick they made was Darian Kendrick uh, in the sixth round. Um, but, no, this draft does nothing. I'm not sure there's a player on this that they drafted that makes any sort of impact in 2023. So, or 2022 so or 2023. What was your final grade for that? D. D, wow, man, that, that is that is harsh. Like, I don't think it's just that bad. I don't, I, I gave I gave him a C plus. I actually like it better than like the Patriots draft. I think I would obviously like not tit for tat when you don't have a first or second round pick. But I think in, I, I like Logan Bruss. I think Logan Bruss can be a starter. Um, I really like Quentin Lake. They got him in the sixth round. The Darren Kendrick. I think that does help the secondary and special teams. Um, I actually like AJ Curry at two sixty one. I think he could be intriguing. And Kyron Williams kind of as a Daryl Henderson replacement down the line. I, you know, it's not good. Like, it's not it's not a, a, an exciting draft. I, but, you know, this is a contending team. They're going to be there with the Packers and be there with uh, with the Bucks. Uh, you know, it, it's fine. I mean, let's be honest. They didn't have to do much in this draft to contend in the NFC. No, and, and they got, a, a you know, a Lombardi trophy for not having those first two picks. I think it's just fine to do that. Yeah. F them picks. <laughs> As Les Snead has been prone to say. Uh, that brings us to the San Francisco 49ers and another draft that I wasn't overly high on. Uh, I like the pick of Drake Jackson, mm -hmm. their first pick. Uh, and I like the pick of Danny Gray at 105. Um, after that, Tariq Castro-Fields was the only other player they drafted uh, of, of value, in my opinion. Yeah. I gave it a B minus. I mean, 
I'm with you. I like Drake Jackson. I like Tariq Castro Fields. Uh, I'm not a big Danny Gray. Like, I think Danny Gray could be good in that system. And I think even Tyron Davis Price could be good in that system as kind of what Trey Sermon was supposed to be. I mean, I'd rather a team say, well, we screwed up that pick, right? Let's, let's fix it. Let's get another guy than just like try to keep jamming it in there. But I mean, it's just an, not an inspiring draft, even without the first round pick. I think a lot of those day three guys uh, just are going to be backups if they even make the team. Um, and Brock Purdy might be just, just Mr. Relevant, just like, you know, uh, it's like the complete like dumpster version of Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, so I don't know. It It's fine. It was fine. B minus. It's fine. I went C plus. Uh, so not that far off. Yeah. Um, now that brings us to our final grade here, Shane, the Seattle Seahawks. And this is the second highest grade I handed out behind Baltimore. They both got A's. I like Baltimore's class a little more, but Seattle, I thought had the second best draft class this year. Um, We've been begging them to draft offensive linemen for years, and they drafted Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas in the with the ninth and seventy second overall picks, respectively. Both could start this season uh, on their offensive line. I love the pick of Mafe off the edge at pick forty. You talked me into Kenneth, Kenneth Walker. I would have been lower. I was a little bit. I was not understanding this at all during the draft, but you kind of talked me into their running back situation, and now I'm a bit turned around on that. I like that pick as well. I love the two corners they drafted in the fourth and fifth round, respectively. Kobe Bryant, um, I think, is a really good – got tested a lot at Cincinnati. I think he's he's got the link that they like as well. But not more than Tariq Woolen. That's a throw. That's a Seattle throwback right there, maybe. 6'4 <laughs> corner, 4'2'6 speed, 33, almost 34-inch arms. That is Seattle. That is – and what is it on draft day? Uh, people were – said, you know, Richard Sermon right about in that fifth round, too, and that kind of worked out for him. We'll see if Tariq Woolen has that kind of career. But I love that pick as well. And I even like Tyreek Smith there. I thought that was decent value there. And the two seventh-round picks, I think both those guys end up contributing for Seattle at some point as rookies. Uh, Bo Melton is more of a special teams guy, but uh, Derek Young, I think, is a light – is a poor man's version of DK Metcalf there in the seventh round, I thought that was a good pickup as well. I went solid A here for the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I, I went A minus. I'm just not, I like, like you said, I like, uh, like offensive tackle. Yes, Charles Cross, Abraham Lucas nailed it. I love the corners. I'm with you there. I, I like Tyreek Smith. I like the receivers, the special teamers. Um, and I think Kenneth Walker is a fine pick too, because I think he sh- should start for them and be pretty good. Bo Amafe is probably the one pick. Uh, I just was not as high on him. As a player, I, I just think he's like older and still raw and doesn't get it. And he, that feels like the Seahawks pick of the, just that pass rusher that's just not good enough yet. <laughs> and just, we're just going to keep plugging away like LJ Collier was. Um, so that, that's probably the one thing it knocks down to a minus for me. But a good Seahawks draft is, is crazy because I was shocked. I was as things. shocked as you are. They always do wild stuff. And, and I think this draft, they really didn't and stuck to the board, which is good. So that will wrap up our grade, Shane. Uh, firm but fair, I think, is uh, the way I, I'll, I'll call it uh, on that. We'll see. Like I said, history will uh, – history will, will, will we may revisit this uh, three years from now on a podcast. <laughs> we'll look back at this and see how, see how we did here. Uh, we didn't have any chat questions. We did have one on Twitter 
And this was uh, you kind of briefly touched on on the player I think fits here is uh, Christopher Davis at C Davis underscore UCI asks. I'm always curious who were the first players drafted that you didn't know, like had no clue the school or position. And this was there was only one player that you had not watched uh, in this draft class, and that was Yale safety Rodney Thomas. Yeah, which which I was I was upset uh about that so <laughs> i wasn't happy but yes uh, yale safety rodney thomas another you know high raz guy which that that's that'll be my fix next year i gotta watch all the guys that you put on our spreadsheet that have the high raz scores right that last week of the draft um but the colts pick in the seventh round was the only one i hadn't watched um next year we're getting it though we're, we're gonna have watched everyone I mean, me, I said it when he was drafted in the third round was Joshua Azuedu. I never watched him. And I did not have him ranked on my board. You were very high on him. And I just never got around to it. That's my fault. Um, but that was the pick that for me this year that um, escaped me uh, that high at least. But uh, so that's going to do it, Shane. Uh, like you said, uh, we got one final podcast uh, coming up this quote-unquote season. We're going to look ahead to 2023 next week. And like I mentioned, uh, that's going to be a heavy load for you to carry next week, Shane, because uh, you're way more in deep on this than I am. Uh, but coming up this week, we've got, we're have we finishing out our uh, official draft grades here, and you've got uh, we both got some 2023 stuff coming out uh, in the next couple of weeks, and then we're going to step away uh, for a couple of months here over the summer. Uh, anything else you got to want to get off your chest here, Shane? No, that's good. We got to recharge. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm even going to have, I, I watched some of the 2025 guys. So um, freshmen coming into college a little bit, watch some high school film of what I can find. Some of it was very blurry, uh, but you know, we'll, we'll kind of, I'll toss a one rounder out there just for fun and um, we'll see if anyone reads it. I don't know, if they will, but we'll see. I've looked at your 2024 mock that you have uh, come that came out this week, right? Yeah. I looked yeah. at that and I'm like, nope, haven't watched a single one of these guys. Don't know who <laughs> half of them are. Maybe more than half. And no, uh, I definitely fine. don't know who any of the 2025 guys are. are. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's fine. That's yeah, fine. So, we'll yeah. see what, we'll see what uh, happens. You put, get, you put the over under for the number of guys in my mock transferring at 15 and a half. Probably, that feels, probably good that that feels good to me. I'm going to be honest. I may go over <laughs> I'm going under, but I do think I think it'll hit double digits easy for sure. Oh, that's going to do it for tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. Um, if you're new to the YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell. And uh, like I said, I, over the summer, you might want to have that notification bell uh, on there because I might just pop in here just to shoot the breeze a little bit about whatever's on my mind football-wise. So we'll see. Um if you're listening to us on audio, uh, wherever that be, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever, Google Podcasts, uh, give us a five-star rating. Share, share it out to all your uh, social follows there, and let's, let's get that uh, engagement up a little bit more as we uh, get started before we get back uh, for the 2023 uh, draft process. Uh, as always, follow me on Twitter, at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Shane on Twitter, at Shane P. Howell. Follow Draft Countdown on Twitter, at draft countdown go to draftcount.com for all or everything we do uh every day for the nfl draft and thanks everybody for listening until next time